0: In uh, the book of Revelation, in chapters 2 and 3, there are seven letters to the churches that uh, Jesus is sending. We are the church, so we need to read that very carefully. In each of those seven letters, he says at the end, Let he that has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the church. In other words, not everybody has an ear to hear. But let he that does, hear what what the Spirit is saying to the church. I don't know about you, but one of the most important things to me, at, this, at least at this phase in my life, is to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I need, I need to hear that. I need to know what God is saying because I want to be His servant. How do I know what to do if I don't hear what He's saying? So this is important to us. So uh, today we're in 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you brought your Bible, you might want to turn there and follow along with me. We're going to uh, look at a story uh, where God spoke to His people. And it had been a long time since God had spoken to His people. So I want us to look at this carefully, read between the lines, and see what God might be saying to us. So um, we're going to start here in First uh, Samuel chapter three, uh, starting in verse one. "The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I think we might be living in one of those times when the word of the Lord is rare. He's still speaking. But maybe you've not heard him speak to your heart in in a way that really moved you in a long time. God wants to speak to you. God wants to open our ears. You know, I found out as we get older, things don't function like they did when we were younger. One of those things I've discovered is my hearing. And it's important to me that I hear what you say. When you're talking to me, I want to hear what you're saying. And I have issues with my hearing. So I've humbled myself and gotten some hearing aids. And one thing I learned with those, with those hearing aids is you, you hear, you got ears. We all have ears. But that, sometimes they don't work, you know, because our hearing is down on the inside. It's nerve related. And as you get older, one of the problems is you don't have the nerve function you did when you were younger. So I couldn't pick up the high sounds, the low sounds. I was listening uh, to uh, an old Beatles album, Meet the Beatles. I think that was the first one they produced. How many are familiar with Meet, meet the Beatles, that first? Bunch of old people. <laughs> Anyway, I loved that. I played that, I had that album, and I played it, and I played it, and I played it. And so I thought, just for kicks, I'm going to listen to that. So I got that on the internet, I pulled that up on YouTube, and I was listening, and I thought to myself, I don't ever remember that song. And then the next song would go, and I thought, I don't know that song either. I listened to that album hundreds of times. What it was, is I wasn't hearing the same thing I was hearing way back then. And these, these nerves, if you don't stimulate those failing nerves, you lose them. It's you lose it, you use it or lose it. And what hearing aids do is they stimulate the nerves and keep you from losing it anymore. If you don't stimulate the nerves, they atrophy. I didn't know that. But that's why we're hearing aids. Because I want to hear what you're saying. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a set of hearing aids I can give you that will help you hear the voice of God because he speaks in that still, small voice that we hear down deep on the inside. Let's go on with our story. Uh, And I don't quite remember where I jumped back in, so let me look at my notes. Verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Notice, He didn't talk to one of the old elders. He talked to a boy. Why does he talk to a boy? Because he's doing a new thing, and the old-timers won't get it. He's doing a new thing. And so he talks to a young young man who can lead that with his generation on what God's going to do, because God's doing a new thing. And I've got news for you, church. God's doing a new thing. He's not doing it like he used to do it. We keep praying, oh, God, let it be like it used to be. God's not going to do it that way. He's going to do it in a way that won't interest you in the least bit. I'm talking to older folks. He's going to do it in a a way that will light a fire under these young generations. And I'm in the old generation, and I'm here to fan that flame all I can. Go, God, Go. So I want to share six principles we can pull out of this story about hearing the voice of God, listening to God. Here's the first thing. God's voice will sound like your mentor. Eli was the mentor to the young boy. And when God spoke to him, he thought thought it was his mentor because that's the only way he had heard God speak, through his mentor. So he thought that's what it was. God had to teach him otherwise. Eli doesn't hear a thing. It's Samuel that hears the voice of God. Here's the the difficult part about hearing what God says to you. God tells you to do something. Nobody else hears it. So you start doing it, everybody thinks you're nuts. But you've heard from God. And you know God's in it. If you can pass that on, the vision you've had, the voice you've had, to a few other people, and they get it. That's how you know God has spoken. When other people begin to get the message, only Samuel hears it. There's a transition time. Because up to this point, he's only understood what God is saying through Eli. He's never heard from God. He knows about God. But now there's a transition. He's got to learn how to hear from God himself. Come on. Good word, Pastor. Do you have mentors in your life? You should have a mentor. Every one of us in this room should have a mentor in our life. Matter of fact, we should have multiple mentors in our life. A mentor is somebody who takes you by the hand and shows you how to do it, just kind of helps you through life's issues. My dad was a great mentor. And teaching me how to catch fish. I didn't catch the passion my dad had for catching fish, but he taught me how to do it. Taught me where to find the worms. My grandpa had a manure pile right out behind his barn. You could always get a whole can full of worms there. Do you know we have mentors right here at New Hope Christian Center? Mentors that can mentor us in all kinds of different areas. That's what small groups are about. Some mentors teach the Word of God, some mentors just pass on their passion, teach us how to do some activity or some action. Every parent ought to be a mentor. You should be teaching your kids how to deal with life, how to deal with bullies at class, how to deal with untruth being taught in the classroom. Mentors teach the next generation or people in our own generation how to live life. And I want to encourage you, go to that website, go to the groups, look through, see what those possibilities are. See what might interest you. And if you won't even do that, then you're clearly saying you won't hear the voice of the shepherd. And if you can't hear the voice of the shepherd, there's no way you're going to hear the voice of God. Just check it out. If you want to be a part of our church, be a part of our church. Okay. Before anybody gets mad, i got to go to point number two. (laughs) God's voice comes from a personal relationship. God said, Samuel knew his name. Does God know your name? Of course he does. But do you know he knows your name? Are you sure that he has a personal relationship with you? Are you just window shopping? You know, you got to buy something. You got to buy into it. He wants us to buy into what his plan is. Samuel, three times God kept calling his name. Samuel, he knew his name. He knows your name. Build a personal relationship with him. Talk to him about your fears. Talk to him about your anger. Talk to him what you what, the things that you feel on the inside that you're passionate about. Talk to him about that. But then give an opportunity for him to reply to that. Yes. Some years ago, a lot of years ago as a matter of fact, <clears throat> I did a wedding for a family in our church that was pretty poor. They didn't have a lot of money. They had a lot of kids, not a lot of money. And I did a wedding for this family, and I didn't expect to get paid anything out of this wedding because I knew this scenario, and I wanted to invest in the family. <clears throat> so I did a wedding, and the mother in the family uh, came to me and wanted to pay me $100. She had a $100 bill she wanted to give me for marrying. And I, I right away said, no, 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 I just want to do this for your family. I was trying to be very humble. Nope, don't want to do that. She, she argued with me, wanted me to take it. I opened my mouth, I literally opened my mouth to say, no, I don't want to receive that. And the Lord spoke to me crystal clear. He said, do not reject the gift this woman is giving to me. Come on. Come on. I never thought about her blessing me was her blessing God. I never thought about that. Yeah. And there's no way she can get a blessing in return If she can't give a blessing, she's got a soul before she can reap. And the Lord stopped me short, and I received that $100. And I'm sure she was blessed because she gave the gift. And I've never again, after that, rejected any gift someone wants to give because they can't be blessed if they don't give. I'm a part of their blessing if I receive it. So God's voice comes from a personal relationship. Here's here's number three. The third vet lesson we learned: you got to listen yes. for God's voice. You have to listen. Most probably, you're not going to hear the voice of God if you're not a Christian, if you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you. So if you kind of are intrigued by what I'm saying, but you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. When you do that, it begins a process. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. He deals with your sin. He deals with your dysfunction. He deals with your problems, with your brokenness. He heals you. He fixes you up. And then you can begin to hear. It's like he puts hearing aids on your ears. And then you can hear, your servant is listening, is what Samuel said. I think sometimes we need to learn to say that. Your servant is listening. I'm listening. I'm listening, God. You just need to tell him that. You see, what what old Eli did was he gave young Samuel permission to listen to God. God. Samuel didn't know he could. He thought that was something only the big shots could do. The priests, like Eli. But Eli's trying to teach him, you can have a personal relationship with this God and he can talk to you and tell you what he wants you to do. Had Eli not instructed, mentored him, coached him, encouraged him, Eli would have just thought he was having a bad dream or something. Just hearing voices. You gotta learn to listen. Yes. In the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, verse 46. I don't have that in my notes. Do we have that? Yeah. After three days, they found him, Jesus, teenager, in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. I was always taught that Jesus was teaching them. No, no, no. He wasn't teaching them, he was learning. You can't teach until you've learned. Until you learn to be teachable, you cannot pass that on to anybody else. Good work. Good work. He's 12 years of age, sitting in the temple, asking questions, listening to their answers. He's learning. And another thing, God speaks to you when you lie down. That's a good thing to learn. Yeah. What goes on when you lie down? Your mind goes 90 miles an hour trying to solve all the problems of the day, right? That's what my mind does. I have a hard time shutting my mind down because my mind is just racing with all the things I've dealt with all day long. But when you lie down, you're not doing things. Your mind is just processing. That's when God can speak to you. When you stop doing, 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 shut off the TV, shut off the telephone, the cell phone. Telephone, that's an old-fashioned word. Shut off the cell phone so it doesn't ring. Oh, I just got to, I might miss something. If I don't get check that, you'll get it in the morning. You need time with God. Lie down. Get away from all these other voices speaking to you. Quiet yourself, still your soul. then God can speak to you. Some years we, we have a dish network at our, at our house. We have a satellite dish outside our house, picks up signal That way we can watch whatever we want to watch, not what Hollywood wants us to watch. And uh, we had a problem because we were losing the signal was like there's a storm going on, and you just lost the signal. We couldn't figure out what that was. Why is that? Never had happened before, and as I, I was out mowing the lawn, and I realized we have milkweed at our house. We just kind of let grow because it's, it's, a, it's a magnet for monarch butterflies. And my wife's passionate about monarchs, and she likes to catch the caterpillars and watch them come out, hopefully she can watch that instant when they come out of their, what do they call that, is it a cocoon? Chrysalis, Chrysalis. that's right. And one of those, actually two of those milkweed plants had grown up in front of that satellite dish. (laughs) And when the wind would get just right, it would blow those milkweeds over so it would distort the signal and we would lose the signal. So you know what I did? Yeah, you do. Cut the milkweed down. We have more milkweed here and there and everywhere. Just that just takes it, nature takes its course with the milkweed. But when I want to watch what I want to watch, I don't want an interruption. The monarch's going to be sacrificed. Sometimes we let things get in the way of our receptor. We want to hear from God. We say we want to hear from God. We say, Lord, I'm listening, but we got something in the way distorting the signal and we can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. You got to listen for God's voice. Here's the fourth principle. You've got to obey God's voice. If God speaks to you and you don't obey, don't expect him to ever speak again. He's looking for people that will say, your servant is listening. I want to hear what you say. What you tell me to do, I want to do it. We have to obey it. There's an amazing picture of this in the book of Acts in the New Testament, where one of the uh, uh, new believers, a man by the name of Philip, who was scattered away, had to run and flee because of persecution, because of his faith. And Philip was far away from home, and he heard the voice of God speak to him. And God said, Go draw close to that chariot. That's all he said. Didn't tell him what to do once he got there. Just told him to go do it. Go draw close to that chariot. So he went over next to this chariot and just followed along the road until he heard the guy inside reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip said, Do you understand what you're reading? And the man in the chariot says, No, how can I understand unless somebody explains it to me? Duh. Had he not gone and drawn close to the chariot, the man would not have asked for help. But he just asked for help. So Philip began to talk about Jesus Christ, led the man to the Lord. The man says, well, if that's the case, what's keeping me from going down into that water and being baptized? Not a thing. Let's do it. Baptized him. Then he went on home. There's not another word in the Bible about him. We don't know what happened to his life. But he was an Ethiopian and we do know that there was a solid church planted in Ethiopia. How did that church get there in Africa in Ethiopia? Philip just did what the Lord told him to do. Amen. Could it be that the Lord might tell you to go over and strike up a conversation with somebody at the coffee shop or at Kroger and just ask some question of them? Just strike up a conversation, and that would be the very thing that turns into another soul getting saved which spreads clear through the land? We don't know. I'd like to find out. Here's number five, fifth lesson. You got to pay attention to God's voice. Give attention. Give attention to it. Turn off everything else. Pay attention. God is good at getting our attention. I love the stories in the Bible that talk to us about how God got people's attention and he's still doing the same kind of things. Yes, he is. He got Moses' attention with a burning bush. Now, I'm sure Moses had seen lots of bushes burning, but this one wouldn't burn out. It just kept burning. It wouldn't stop. And he thought, "I got to go up and see what that is." And when he got up there, the voice came out of the bush, or before the voice comes out of the bush, the Bible says, "When the law, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, he spoke to it. You see, God's just waiting for him to turn aside. Come on. He sets us up. Things are happening in your life. Things are happening in the lives around you. Things are happening in this world. Just turn aside and see what God might want to say in this situation. He got everybody's attention when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That got everybody's attention. Having a dream about some big finger coming out and writing words on the wall that have a message, that'll get your attention. Yes. Dreaming, dreaming about angels going from the earth up to heaven, up and down, up and down, up and down, that'll get your attention when you have a dream like that. As a matter of fact, a lot of us have had dreams that were God, God trying to get a hold of us, God trying to say something to us. <clears throat> couple years ago, two, two and a half years, something like that, I had a dream. And it was one of those nightmarish kind of dreams. And I was at a church, but it wasn't this one. It was a church that was up elevated and I could look down on the parking lot down below. And as I came out of the door, I saw this big, I heard this crash and screams and I turned around and this big car had crashed into another one in the parking lot. It was a big car. I, I describe it as uh, a big Cadillac like Boss Hogg used to drive in <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. You know what I'm talking about? Great big boat of a, of a Cadillac, but the front wasn't the same. There wasn't a grill or headlights. It was like a, uh, a big, solid bar on the front designed to plow into things. It was painted. The car looked real nice, but it was bashing into cars in the parking lot, hitting one after another. And, I, and I, was, I was panicked, I didn't know what to do. I was up on this hill look, uh, in front of the church looking down and I'm seeing you and your cars getting rammed by this thing, one after another. And then at this one point it hit a car that was trying to get away and then I saw him turn around and the car was facing me and I just knew down inside I'm the one, I'm the one after. you coming after me next. And I remember running trying to find a place to hide and then I woke up. I didn't know what that meant, but I wrote it down, typed it out. You know, if you don't get those details down, you're going to forget them or you're going to get them distorted. So I wanted, next morning, I typed it out, shared it with Anita, sent it to Pastor Chet because I think he's a spiritual man, wanted to get his, his concept and <clears throat> we, we just prayed. That was just about the time COVID hit and the church was shut down was like Satan had come through with a big plow and just plowed, just pushed everything out of the way. I'm glad we're on the other side of that. Yes. Satan wants to destroy. I think you are likely having dreams from time to time that is God trying to get your attention. And you may not know what it means. Talk to some spiritual people. They may have insight into your dream. You know what a blind spot is? Yep. A blind spot is when you're in your car and you're driving down the road and you can see in your rear view mirror and your side mirrors, but a blind spot is that, that area behind you that you can't quite see. It's right between the mirrors. You can't see it. And if you're not careful, you don't know your blind spot's there and you wander out into that area. I had that happen one time. If a, if a guy was a nut, he probably would have gone into road rage. Because I pulled out into his territory, I didn't know he was there. Fortunately, he beeped his horn and I jerked back over and corrected. He gave me the high sign, you know what I mean. (laughs) All right, here's principle number six. God's voice may come at a crisis time. God likes to speak at a time of a crisis. Did you know that we live in a fallen world? It is not getting better and better. It might be getting richer and richer, but it's not getting better and better. Moral standards and God's ability to bless people is really falling fast. God always wants to correct what's wrong. Did you know that? God's a perfect God. He's a good God. He sets a high standard for us. He sets a high standard for mankind. And anybody doesn't measure up to his level of perfection goes to an eternity in hell. That's why he sent his son Jesus, because he doesn't want anybody going there. We need a redeemer to change the way we think. Because yes. that's what will change the way we live. God's always trying to correct something in this world and he uses us to bring the correction. Read the story about this Indian who was making a dugout canoe out of a log. He found the log he wanted to work with and he went to work, just worked with a a tomahawk and and a knife, peeling away the inside of that, shaping it on the outside so he could use it as his canoe. And a man came along and said, uh, you're not doing that right. This, you, it, the walls are too thick. You've got to narrow that down a little bit. So he went back to work to correct that. Someone else came along and he said, you know, your, your stern is too high up. You need to shave some of that off. So he did that, shaved some of that stern off. Somebody else came along and said, your bow is too high. You need to take that bow down a bit. So he did that, finally got all finished, put his canoe in the water, jumped in, and immediately it capsized. So he went and found another log, started to work at it. Next guy comes along and he says, "Uh, you need to to change this. You're not doing this right. And the, the Indian said, that is every man's boat. This is my boat. We get in trouble when we start letting everybody else tell us how to make our boat. And when our life capsizes, we need to understand we've been listening to everybody else. If they can't keep their life together, why should we be taking their advice? Why do we have a troubled marriage, go to somebody that's been married five times before and try to get them to tell us how to fix our marriage? in uh, in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel i need us to see this in chapter 2 verse 22 it says now eli he's the priest now eli who was very old heard about everything his sons were doing to all israel and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting eli was not just training samuel He's training his two sons, and his two sons are having affairs with women who are serving in the house of God. That's a problem. God's not going to tolerate that. He's not going to put up with that. So he starts new. He doesn't speak to the boys. He speaks to Samuel. We're going to do something new. Back in chapter 3, verse 3, it says, The lamp of God had not gone out yet. I've got good news for you in the year 2022. The lamp of God has not gone out yet. As long as the lamp of God is still burning, there's still hope. We need to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, because darkness is coming. Darkness is coming, church. All right, I'm not going to tell that story. I don't have time, but let me, let me wrap this up this way. <clears throat> Some years ago, I was trying my best to hear the voice of God and what he wanted me to do. And I had this idea in my head of having a church. I was pastoring a small church here in Waterloo, small town. And in my head, I was trying to sort out what, what, what it was that my, God might be saying to me. I put my name in to go to other places. I thought God was calling me to a church in Bryan, Ohio, but those doors closed. Then I thought God was leading me to, to help start a church down in Marion, Indiana, but those doors closed. I felt stuck here in Waterloo. I was asking God to lead me out. So I could go to a community that was larger, had more people, where it would be able to do uh, what I, I was, in my mind, I could see us doing as a church. And in, in, my, in my head, in my soul, I heard God speak to me very clearly. He said, if you will lift up your eyes and look at the whole county, then you can see as your mission field then you can see your dream become reality and that was the last day we consider ourselves a Waterloo Church from then on we consider ourselves a DeKalb County Church because I heard from God I know I did I think what we're seeing over at that South Auburn location is a part of that dream God keeps his word even when we get old, yes. he keeps his word. Yes. And he keeps his word for you. What, so the question is, what's the spirit of God speaking to you? I don't know what he's speaking to you, but I believe he's saying something. Can we all stand together? I believe he's saying something. And one of the things that, one of the, one of the requirements, one of the things that we have to do is we have to come to the place where we say, Lord. Your servant is listening. Just say that right now. Lord, your spirit is listening. Or your your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. What are you saying to your church, oh God? What are you saying? What are you saying about the lost? What are you saying about the lost people we work with? We live nearby. What are you saying to them? How can we be your servants? What do you want us to do? If there's a chariot, you want us to go near, speak to us, God. We want to we know what you want. We just want to hear what your spirit says to your church. If you really want to hear what the spirit of God is saying to you, and you're saying, Lord, your servant is listening, Maybe what you need to do is let God know that. Maybe one of the ways you could do that is to leave your seat and come down to this altar and say, God, I'm listening to you. God, I'm listening to you. I want to hear what you're saying. I want to hear what your spirit's saying. It's okay. You can do that right now. You can do that right now. Say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to hear what your spirit's saying. Give me a dream. Give me a vision. Have someone speak to me. I need to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. I need to hear this. Speak to me or I have no reason for living. I want to hear what your spirit's saying. Heavenly Father, for these that have come to the altar, I'm going to pray right now that you're, you would just speak, God. Let, the, let these people know you love them. Speak their name. Speak their name, God. Let them hear what your spirit's saying. Give them life. As we walk out of these doors, don't let us lose this this. this thing we have going on inside us right now. We want to hear what your Spirit is saying to your church.